Good morning. I have uh, somebody really good looking on the stage with me this morning, so um, that's you. So you can say hi to everybody. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today uh, in a minute, but before we do, I'm going to give you my little sermonette for this week to close out uh, Circle Makers. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you haven't gotten a copy of the book, I strongly encourage you to read it because um, the guy that wrote it is a little bit better at telling it than I am, so you'll get more information, so that'll be good. Um, but basically the premise, and if today's your first time, and I know for some people it is, um, the basic premise is to learn how to pray fervently, deeply, and not just throw something out there and hope that it catches. And it's also, and this is how we'll, we'll close it out today with this thought, it's also not the genie in a bottle. You know what I'm talking about? Like right before a big test or right before... Uh, something really bad's about to happen in your life or you want something really good to happen like that $600 million lottery ticket or whatever. And so we get the genie and we rub it and poofy comes out and that's what God is to us. It's who we can, it's the lamp that we can rub whenever we need something. And that really has turned out to be for most Christians what we do. I mean, we might pray five minutes a day and we rub the genie in the bottle. And so I just want to tell you a story and read a couple of scriptures to you before we go into uh, the two areas where my lovely, lovely wife is going to help me today, and she's going to talk some, so it's going to be awesome. So before I do, I've done this the last couple of weeks, and I want to do it again. Let's see how we're doing. How many people have read their Bibles every day this week? Be honest. I'm not mad at you if you hadn't. Be honest every day this week. Watch out now. Watch out now. That's improvement. I'm pretty excited about that. Y'all can clap too if you want to, but you don't have to. All right. So, listen, how many people have prayed, and I'm not talking about like, now I lay me down to sleep right before your kid goes to bed, or even at meals, which is good if you want to pray before meals, that's awesome. How many people have actually spent time praying, even if you couldn't read the Bible, every day this week? It's better, that's awesome. Okay, so, so here's the thing. What we're about to say, if you want to get a word from God, if you want direction in your life, it has to come from God. And listen, if you don't have a Bible, please... Go back and see our soon-to-be-married couple in the back that are getting married this Friday, and one of them will give you a Bible if you'll go back and see them, I promise you, at guest services, okay? They, we, have, we, have, I, we just got a new case of Bibles. We want everyone in here to have a Bible, so that's awesome. So I want to read you this. Um, some of y'all have heard the prayer of Jabez. They wrote a book on it, um, but there's just two passages that I want to read to you this morning that's not going to be on the screen because I decided to do this last night, so there you go. Uh, but this is 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, and there's a consistency with these two things that I want y'all to hear. It's uh, 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him the name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, or my territory, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain, and God granted his request. One thing that's in those requests, it's not selfishness. It's not things to help him. Even though it's enlarging his territory, and you can misunderstand what that means and say he just wants to have a bigger house or a bigger car or nicer stuff, he's talking about his, his legacy that he leaves and what he does, and he specifically asks, and over and over in Scripture, what Jesus said is, you have not because you ask not. I'm not going to give you this stuff because I don't know that you want it. You've got to ask me for it if you want it. And then a lot of y'all have probably heard this one before, but it's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, and it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And to me, that's the issue is we might pray, but we don't humble ourselves. Making him Lord of our lives, making him the most important, putting him above all else and everything else that we want, humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. And we may do the other things, but we're dang sure not going to turn away from the stuff that we like, right? I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And that is the things that we don't have happen in our lives. And it's because it is not a desperation. It is something that we do when we, whenever we want something. And when, listen to me, when in your life it becomes desperate to spend time with the Lord, when it becomes desperate to spend time with the Lord, you will begin to see differences made in your life like you never have before. 
when you humble yourself and when you pray and when you turn from your wicked ways and when you seek his face above all else, you will make time to put down Facebook and get on the face in the book. That's a really bad joke, but it's funny. You, you will make time for God. And you will see a difference that he makes in your life, and it's awesome. There's a story that I um, had down that I really like, and it's, um, there's a Swedish island, I'm going to make sure I pronounce it right, called Vasingso. I'm going to pronounce it wrong again, and I have it written down. Vasingso. Vasingso. And it's, you can look it up when you get home if you don't believe that it's really an island on Google. And, but it's called Vasingso. And in, in 1829, the parliament of um, Sweden said, hey, Let's go plant uh, 20,000 oak trees so that if there's ever a shortage for our Navy, they can have the oaks from here. Oak trees did not grow on this island at all. And so when people go there today, they see thousands and thousands and thousands of oaks. But in 1980, the Swedish Navy was in desperate need of oaks. And so um, they had this big shipment come in, and the guys in the Navy were like, where did all these oaks come from? And like, well, in 1829... They planted these, and they said, just ship them to them if they need them. You don't have to give them a big report. And so more than 100 years before it happened, someone planted seeds and laid it down for the time of right now. They actually were planting for the 21st century. And that's the kind of thing that we do when we pray. When we humble ourselves and we pray and we turn from our wicked ways, you're not going to see everything that your prayer does. But when you pray for your kids specifically, parents, and you pray for their future spouses or their current spouses or your future grandbabies, when you pray for where God wants to take you to enlarge your territory, not selfishly that you have 100 more acres, but, and there's nothing wrong with having 100 acres, but what we're praying for is for God to do more in our lives to make a bigger difference. And, and this is what I want you to understand. There's not one person in this room, not one, that God can't do great things through. The reason that he doesn't isn't because you're not good enough. It's because you don't humble yourself and pray and turn from your wicked ways. And so that's the question is, will you do like the people of Sweden did in 1829, do what the parliament did and think ahead and think of prayers and investment and what we can do. And so this is what we did today. This is where my awesome hot wife gets to partner with me because I'm I really don't like to sit, but I'm going to, so I can look official. There we go, look, it's amazing. But um, how many of y'all have read the book? I'm not going to sit, just going to tell y'all right now. How many of y'all have read the book? Raise your hand. Okay, so six. Um, that's good. In the, I mean, I, it's good, no problem. In the back of the book, at the end, Mark Batterson tells the goals that he's made, but they're not, they're goals that he's made through prayer with his wife. And so Leah and I have been doing this. It's a process. This is not a finished product. But to me, our goals, some of them are selfish, by the way. We're going to share them anyway because we think they're cool. And I want y'all to have a chance to get to know Leah. And um, so, like, some of these goals are personal stuff that we want to do, and it has nothing to do with Jesus. Like, for instance, me playing golf at Augusta National is a long-term goal. And Jesus didn't tell me to, to put that goal down. But if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be the Lord. So there you go. Um, but we categorized them in uh, several different areas. And to me, seriously, most of these are spiritual. And these are our seeds that we're planting out so that 150 years from now, when the Navy needs wood, this is how we think our wood's going to be grown. Because when you leave a legacy, when you die, people are going to remember you for a few things. And the way that I am as a daddy and a husband is a lot more important than the way I am as a speaker or what you guys think about us. And so those are the kind of goals that we have, and we just want to share them with you. So, um, Leah, you can use your uh, microphone, and we're going to share. We'll start with, we got family goals, influential goals, experiential and travel goals, physical goals, which there's not a lot of because... <laughs> We don't care, I guess, and, uh, <laughs> and, and financial goals. And so, uh, Leah, you can start with, um, with our family goals, and you can tell everybody, for those who don't know, this is Leah. She's my really good-looking wife that does the kids' ministry, and so say hey to everybody. Hello. Um, when we started this, I, I thought, I don't know if I have any goals. 
I don't think I've really thought about it, and it's a lot harder than it looks. But then when you start, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do that too. Oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that. And then it gets a lot easier, and then all these things start flowing, and you end up with this list that looks like a mile long, and you're thinking, that is never going to happen. <laughs> but um, to start off with our family goals. Hang on. Yes. Before you say that, that was good what you just said, because if, if your goals can easily be attained, then they're not from the Lord. Because remember, the, the, I've repeated this every week, but um, God honors bold prayers, and bold prayers honor God. And so if, if what you want to accomplish in your life through God's help can easily be accomplished, then it doesn't need God, and it's easily attained, and that means it's not really a good goal. So you did, yeah, that was good. That, something that looks crazy to you, and a lot of these look very crazy. And you'll, you, some of y'all are going to go, hmm. <laughs> when we say some really? of these, y'all are going to be like, we might not want to come back to this church because then people is crazy. So that's good. That means that we have good, crazy goals and we're going to, whatever. So go ahead. Um, I think a lot of these with family um, can be, you know, you can relate to them as well and, and probably would be some of yours uh, when you write them down. But, of course, to see Laney and Haston um, be saved and lead them to the Lord, and um, we would love to baptize them. Um, and <laughs> we were uh, at a wedding yesterday, and it was family, <laughs> And the dad just, he was just boohooing. He was just, had lost it. Bless his heart. I felt so sorry for him. And um, Mark's like, we had talked about he wants to marry both of our children. And um, That means said, I performed the wedding, by right. the way. I'm not actually going to marry them. Well. I don't know. If, I make sure y'all know that. that. But um, he that, said, oh, awkward. I think I'm going to cry too. I know I'm going to cry. I'm going to think I'm going to be even worse. And I was like, so you're going to cry and We'll have to get yourself together, and then you're going to turn around and do the service. I don't know if that's going to work, <laughs> but that's the goal. That's only attainable by the Lord. She's only like, turning five next week, and I already can't stand the thought of some other dude. You know what I'm talking about, dads? All right, so keep going. <laughs> but um, then we talked about our anniversaries, and, of course, we want to see our 25th. We want to see our 50th, but then we started thinking about where will we spend those anniversaries, and... Um, and these are goals again. Y'all just remember these are goals. They're not necessarily going to happen. <laughs> but um, one is, is to spend it in Maui. Praise the Lord. Yes. And the other one is um, to go to Italy to celebrate an anniversary in Italy. That would be amazing. Um, also praise the Lord. Then um, we talked about taking both children on a mission trip. Um, our hearts kind of with Nicaragua since we've been several times. And, but it doesn't have to be, of course, Nicaragua. But we that's our heart. We'd love to take them both on a, on a mission trip and have that experience with them. Um, mission projects, every Christmas as a family, we found that that was really important. We did that um, past two years, and uh, we just find that it's, it's so much more, I think, for them and instilling in, in their lives to know that it's important to give, so much better to give than to get a bunch of stuff. So we just want to instill that in them. And also in, in that, just teaching them just simple acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. And Lainey really did this in, in, for me in writing down this goal. She was coloring a sheet in the back of the seat. Um, we were going to Old Navy, I think. And um, she tore the page out. And she was like, I want to give this to whoever we go out to the checkout counter. And I said, okay. And, um, and it was a man. And I thought, oh, no, he's not going to want this coloring sheet of mermaid or whatever it was she colored but she said I colored this for you and I thought that was just so precious and um, you know and my child's teaching me how to show people kindness in something as simple as a coloring sheet and saying I love you and I'm thinking about you and um, so we really want to instill that in them and this is a <laughs> only by the Lord too <laughs> paying for both kids college um, that's a something that you know, we, we try to save up, and then we look and say, oh, no, we're not going to make it, and we have to go grab from that fund, <laughs> you know. But um, also, Mark was talking about coaching uh, the ki our kids in a sport of their choice. Um, you know, he's a big basketball guy, but we were talking about how we just want them to choose um, and not make it stressful. So, so those are our family goals. And um, like some of those... I just want to say this before we move on to the influential is um, there's, there's, in my opinion, and I, I want to encourage all of y'all to do this because um, you can't reach goals that you don't set. You know what I'm talking about? So if, if with your family and your kids or your grown adults and you don't have babies at home anymore, and that's cool, but there still should be goals in your 70s just like there were in your 30s and 20s and 40s. And so everyone in here can set goals of what you want to accomplish 
with our family goals, we set some pretty lofty goals like teaching our kids to do mission projects by the age of eight because I want it to be a part of their lifestyle by the age of 28. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we do that. We're not perfect parents by any stretch, so even though these sound really spiritual, the, our Connect Four group came to our house this week for a cookout. We had a great time, a great crowd, and they saw me go redneck on Lainey because uh, she almost kicked Haston in the head and then Evan in the head, and I went redneck on her and you know, grabbed her off the swing, and oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? So we're human, but we still have uh, very spiritual goals for our kids, and you'll hear more about that in just a second, but that was that little tidbit. So here's influential goals, and these are where uh, our goals get a little crazy. So don't check out. Just know that we've really prayed about these, and this is really what we believe God wants us to do. Um, one of my goals is to pastor the same church, and I hope it's this church, for uh, more than 30 years. Uh, I don't have any goal to retire, um, like earlier, whatever, any age to retire. I just want to pastor, Lord willing, this church for 30 years, and then another goal that I have, and this is where Haston comes in, is I have prayed every day over him since he's been alive that he takes over for me someday. I'm not saying that's God's will. We'll find out. Um, I don't even know if Haston's going to be a follower of Jesus. I hope he is. I believe that he will be, but we don't know that for sure. And he's not saved because I am or Leah is, by the way. And he's not saved because he lives in a pastor's house. But my prayer for him, and I've claimed him the day that he was born, and I pray circles around him every day, for his wife, but I pray that he takes over for this church someday because I just think it'd be awesome. Okay, so here's where the goals get crazy because that wasn't a crazy one. We, we're praying, um, and this is a 30-year goal, to see our church grow over 10,000 people. To I'm just going to go fast so y'all don't check out on me. To start a second campus, um, I want to write a book. Leah wants to write a children's book. We want to have one language translated in this service, in the service while we're Having service, we want to um, have probably Spanish first. And then the goal long-term is to have 10 languages translated during services to be a true international community church. Um, we both want to be bilingual, probably Spanish. I would love to chaplain a sports team. We want to see 100 people baptized in one year, 100 people saved in one day, 100 people baptized in one day. We want to help plant churches every single year with the goal of planting 100 churches in the lifetime of this church. We want to be in a permanent location by 2020. We want to see 2,000 people in a service by 2020. We want to build in our permanent location homes, duplexes, apartment type things for single moms, widows, um, and people that are hurting in need and missionaries. And we want to start a food pantry through Four Points. I want to personally lead um, a men's small group every single year to learn how to be godly men and husbands. And before I do that, obviously I need to um, do those things myself. And then my long-term goal for pastors is to mentor young pastors like other men have mentored me. And that's um, here in the area and around uh, the world and other countries. Experiential and travel goals. Do you want to read these? Sure. These are not spiritual, just so you all know ahead of time. Those were very spiritual. These are very fun. Yeah, and we... Y'all still might think we're crazy, though. I had a hard time with this one, with these. Uh, and then Mark started talking about them, and then I just started adding stuff. <laughs> um, his was watch the Braves in the World Series. Y'all say amen. <laughs> if you don't like the Braves, then we don't like you. All right, keep going. And our poor parents would probably fall down dead if we did this, but we would like to skydive together. Um, Praise the Lord. I'm not... I, I, People are like, oh, you really would do I that? I got to lose weight to do that, by the way, because it's really expensive if you weigh what I weigh. <laughs> so there's that goal back to New Year's Day. Y'all remember that? It hadn't worked yet. All right. Um, we would like to read the entire Bible cover to cover as a family. Um, I would like to take photography classes and become a photographer, maybe on the side or whatever. Snaps. Um, Mark wants to play a round of golf at Augusta National. This is a long list, so keep up with me. Um, at St. Andrews and in Pebble Beach. And right. then go to all four major golf championships. Which, by the way, I've already, been, I've already been to three of the four. I've been to the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Masters five or six times. So I just, if anyone wants to go to the British Open and take me, I'll, I'm in. All right. <laughs> but that's, that was one of the goals, and I've almost accomplished one. So that's awesome. 
Um, I'm a big art guru, so I would love to see the European art, like the Mona Lisa and the Sistine Chapel and, and all that. Um, the next couple are spiritual. Retrace Paul's mission, uh, missionary journeys. Um, of course, go to the Holy Land, and um, Mark on his side would love to preach in the Holy Land. Uh, take the kids to all 50 states, and I love this about his family, that whenever they went on vacation, it was... Um, it was to somewhere new, somewhere different, uh, and, and it was educational, and I think that's really cool. Um, would love to have that experience with our children as well. Uh, go to all six continents. Excluding, excluding Antarctica. Because <laughs> that's the seventh. Um, Not really in Antarctica. Yeah, well, and one that is, you know, probably go ahead. a huge dream, a huge goal is to go to Bora Bora. And we'll probably start a church there, too. We're going to stay in a bungalow, though. You can't just go to Bora Bora. <laughs> We want to stay in a bungalow. And then she wants to swim with dolphins. I'm not really into that. Raft down the Grand Canyon. Take cooking classes. That's mine. Don't laugh. I said don't laugh. Y'all laugh. <laughs> uh, take dance lessons together. Take adult dance classes. It's Leah. I don't want to take adult dance classes. But, uh, and then I'm just going to keep going run through them quick because I want to get to the question and answer time. Um, physical goals are Leah wants to run in a 5k I've done that before I have zero desire to run in a 5k if no one's chasing me I'm not running all right I want to now you laugh then but you don't need to laugh now because it's not funny I want to dunk a basketball in my 40s because I have dunked a basketball in my 30s Tika you're the only one that laughed I hurt my feelings <laughs> hey and y'all know why it hurts my feelings that that ain't right all right I want to break 70 in golf I've been not really that close, but I've, I've shot close to par before, and I want to do that. Um, I wanna, we want to do a true 40-day Jesus fast. We think it would be cool to live on water alone. Um, fasted before, but never for 40 days and never just water. Um, I did do seven days with just water, and Davin and I did a fast together one time that I can't remember how many days it was, and we added fruit juice. I think it was 17 days, um, but never just water. So I want to do that when we feel led, and we, we, we want to stay become and stay physically fit in our middle ages. So the becoming part needs to happen first. All right. <laughs> Financial goals are to be debt-free by 50. Um, that's totally debt-free. House and everything. And that includes buying kids cars and doing all the stuff that we'll have to do. But to be totally debt-free by 50. Um, make offering our number one expenditure a month. We want to be able to give to the church or give back more than we give to anything else, including our house. Uh, give over half our money away personally. Um, and we would love for the church to do the same thing someday, give back to the community or whatever because our people are so generous um, that we can give back over half of our money, um, pay cash for our kids' weddings. That's a good goal. Uh, pay down payment for our kids' first home and buy them a car. And so that's it. And this is a work in progress. Like, we're still working on them, and we'll add some, and hopefully we'll check some off uh, sooner than later. Half of our travel goals are probably never going to happen because they're crazy, but... Uh, the going to the Holy Land and preaching there, uh, that's like, that's probably number one because I think that's amazing. So anyway, um, so what we're going to do the last like 10 minutes and we'll get as many in as we can is um, Austin's compiled some questions and then I think he's going to like let you ask him or something if you have more questions or whatever, but just don't blurt out because um, we'll get distracted and if my ADD kicks in, we're in trouble. But we... I wanted to give y'all a chance to hear from us. And a lot of people have a lot of questions. And so um, we have, um, like if you're a new Christian or if you've been in church your whole life, there's questions about stuff in church. And we're going to give you our opinion from the Bible. And we'll do the best we can. So that's a nice little thing, Betis. I like that. <laughs> Thank Te you. Text your questions to 757-4840. You have questions, and Beatus, do you already have questions? I have a few, yes. Okay. Uh, the first one we have is, why don't you allow kids in worship? My turn? Okay. Uh, well, we have made this rule um, as kind of our rule since the beginning. Uh, we, would, we want to reach the least of the lost and the lonely, and that's our vision, and uh, we have to stick to that vision. And so allowing children into the worship center, worship area, um, below a certain age, um, we let sixth graders and up in. Um, but first of all, they need a time to worship. 
they need a time to learn about the Lord. And they need that time so that in turn they will learn to love church and to want to come and to bring their friends. And then when we get children, we get their families. And, um, but then in turn with that, parents need to come in and have that one hour where they can worship and not have to worry about their children and if they're going to talk or if they're going to be loud or if they're going to be running up and down the aisles. And not to say that, you know, they're wonderful. We love children. That's why we do what we do. But that becomes a distraction for other people, for a person that may not know the Lord. And they're that opportunity for them to focus on what is being, um, you know, talked about or maybe the Holy Spirit is, you know, tugging at their heart. Uh, it's just become a distraction. So we want to serve other people. We want this to be for the least of the lost and the lonely. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's different. I know that sometimes we may not, and if you have been in church all your life, um, it may be different for you. If you've never been in church, then sometimes that can be a blessing, you know, it being detoxed from that mentality. But we just want you have to have a chance to have a time where you know that you're being fed and worshiping and your children are having a time to be fed and are worshiping. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are not the best. Uh, we want to be the best. We want to have the best kids ministry in the upstate. Um, and I think our, our kids workers are amazing. Uh, they work really hard to try to instill in your children um, the love for the Lord. So that's our reason. And if you have anything to add. Sure. I, that was good. And I won't add much, but so I'll, I get, I'm the jerk at our house, so I'll just play the part of the jerk now. Um, here's the bottom line, is this church, we love every one of y'all, and um, I'm looking out to see who all's here, and we've got lots of friends and people that we absolutely love, but I really want y'all to understand why this is the case, what Leah just said. As much as we want to make y'all happy, this church isn't about you. This church is about honoring Jesus above all else. And we believe the way that we're going to honor Jesus is make the gospel as clear as we possibly can during the worship service. And so when people get upset with us, and it happens once a month maybe, they yell at Austin and then they yell at Josh, and eventually they don't yell at me because I'm big and scary. Is they, like, that was a joke, but it was funny. Is, um, I laughed anyway. Like, the whole point is, for that person that this is the first time they're hearing about Jesus, we want it to be so clear and it's the mark rule. When I was six, I was all over my parents. I don't know why they didn't just beat me because, like, I was getting the stuff off the, the pews and doing all this junk, and I'm everywhere, and there's no way they heard anything about the message, and we want it to be clear. And so we will sacrifice some people getting upset with us or saying something nasty on Facebook for the sake of the gospel, and we will never waver from that. And we don't apologize, but we don't want to make people mad. Does that make sense? So that's why. There you go. And if y'all don't like it, Send Austin an email. Okay. <laughs> Austin at four next points. question. Uh, next question is, how did Four Points get its name? Awesome. Four Points. Um, it actually started when we knew we were going to plant a church. And by the way, in the question and answer thing, we did not have down plant a church check mark because that wasn't one of our goals. The Lord just really put it on our hearts and we, we followed um, so when we knew that we were going to plant a church, uh, the small group of us that were together were going through all these names like Life Point and Lighthouse and kept going back to like House or Light and we didn't like any of them or Life's or all this stuff. And, but we wanted to reach everyone in our community for all nations. And so like we want to be global. We want one day for people that are Hispanic and German and, and all different languages to be in here and hear the translation of the gospel because we love on people so much and we want to be so globally focused. And so actually Austin's wife said, what about four points? So it was not my idea, but I absolutely loved it because it's the compass. Like our, our logo is the compass. It's the picture. And then obviously the cross has four points. And so there's not like a verse, da 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 da, -da this is why you do it, except for Acts 1-8. And Matthew 28, 19, the commandment, the last thing that Jesus said before he left, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing him in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That is why we chose four points, but it was not my idea, but I love it. And I, the minute that I heard it, I was like, that's it. And there's like two other four points out there, but it's pretty original. We had never heard of it before, but it was, it was uh, that's why we chose it. We all, as soon as we heard it, it was like, in unison, we said, yep, that's it. And it, it fits us because 
seriously more than anything else, we want to honor the Lord and we want the gospel to be spread everywhere. And just to follow up with that one, how long has Four Points been around? Do you know the answer? October 16th, 2011, uh, we started at Pizza Inn, Davin's Pizza Inn, and it was, um, we, when you read church planning stuff and how to do it, we did everything wrong. Didn't have like months and months to prepare and bring all these people in, and it's amazing how the Lord's blessed us because of you. You guys and, and the Lord are, are why it's happened. It's not like great strategic minds and all this stuff. It's just y'all's, y'all are so generous, and the Lord's given us a lot of leeway to learn and fail and keep learning. And so we've been around since October 16th, 2011, so not two years yet. We got yes. a text in on our hot text line, so that's incredible. It really is working. If a person diligently prays uh, pray circles around someone or something and the opposite happens, mm. how do you find peace with that? Uh, you find peace because sometimes God answers no, and when God does answer no, and you're frustrated, you don't understand, remember this, and this is my message in two weeks, so it's real fresh because I've been studying it. Um, on Father's Day, we're going to preach on God the Father. By the way, this is a little plug for Roots. Y'all really want to be here for that because it's going to be really cool. It's going to be the, the things that we believe, the doctrine that we believe, and so here's God the Father, Okay. He says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heaven is from the earth, so my thoughts are, are bigger and broader than yours. And here's the thing. As much as we pray for stuff, and I believe if, if we ask anything in his name, he'll do it for us. We also have to understand that sometimes we don't know the right thing for our lives. And when we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, we will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. Sometimes the heal our land part is no. And so the way to find peace is, is putting God in his lordship, putting God in the place that he is. And like Matthew 6, says that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to us. But don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Worry about today. And so those things that are overwhelming us and pressing us down, those are the kind of things sometimes when no is so much better than our yes and three years later, we get the blessing that we didn't know was going to happen. And I, if that was your question, I really want you to read Circle Maker. Because you'll find, like, Mark Batterson started a church, and it closed. And he didn't understand, and the answer was no. And he has a church of 25,000 today because he accepted what God gave him, a bitter pill. He swallowed it, and God gave him something amazing. And sometimes you have to go through really tough, 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 tough stuff to get to where God wants you. Do you have anything to add? Perfect. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I really should let you answer some. All right, beat us. Another question. I'm thinking about volunteering at Four Points. Do you need my help and where? This four is, kids. Yes, four kids. This is, this is where Leah needs to answer. I need to know who that was. <laughs> Just joking. Um, and, and the reason why, why I say that is because we really, really, and I'll just be honest with you, we really want to be on a schedule where everybody serves just once a month. And in order to do that, we've got to have people. Um, and I don't want people to be burned out. I want people to have the come the experience, worship. And, um, and you know, you deserve that. You, you deserve to have that. But in turn, I think in volunteering and, and serving, um, you know, you get a chance to give back. Uh, so we need help in um, the toddlers. We need a teacher. And don't worry, the program is all spread out for you. You don't have to come up with anything. It's all right there. All you have to do is just study. And um, it's very, you know, digital now. So uh, we have DVDs or, you know, we have it on the PowerPoint or whatever we have. So don't worry. You don't have to, to be a scholar in order to do that. You just got to love kids and love the Lord. And that's all we ask. Um, just love on them and teach them about Jesus. And um, so we just really need your help, especially in the summertime where we have people that are coming in and out and um, we're trying to work out a schedule where we know that people are going to be out and trying to fill in those gaps. So if you are interested and if you maybe only want to serve in a summer term, awesome. That's probably our greatest need right now. So if that's you, just come see me. The four points of four points, <laughs> you see, is loving, serving, growing, uniting. Well, that serving part is where you guys... Well, every one of them in your personal life is where you guys come in, uniting together, loving each other, um, 
serving is how we act like Jesus because Jesus didn't stand up on a, a podium a lot of times and say, listen, here's my message. He served and loved people. And so that is your opportunity every week because um, you guys can be the arms or the feet or the hands or whatever of the body of Christ. And, and we believe that through serving, people find the gospel because they, they find love and the gospel is inside of you. And so that is our that is what we want to do. And so that, we want every one of you to find your area. We don't want you to work. We want you to serve because we want you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And truly, if you don't feel like you could serve in kids' ministry, please don't. We're not mad at you. We ain't mad, we ain't at, mad you. at you. Please don't because we want you to be in a place where you feel like you're being um, used by God. And if it feels like an obligation to you, we don't ever want it to be that way. We really want it to be an area where you're excited about getting to serve and to, um, you know, be able to give back uh, to the Lord. So if it's not your niche, we'll take you out and we'll find you one. So please don't be worried that we're going to be upset. Another question, will we be doing a vacation Bible school? That is a great question, and a simple answer is no. And the reason that we're not is because we don't love your kids. It's because we have, as a staff with our elders, we've gotten together and we've evaluated the vacation Bible school scene, and we think it's great, just not for us, not right now. We want to do other things, and so VBS will not be one of the things that we do. And that's why, and one of the reasons is, is because, and this sounds brash and cocky, it's not meant to be, but I think what we do in there on Sundays is better than most churches' vacation Bible schools anyway. So we do VBS every uh, 52 times a year. So that's kind of my answer. But, um, can I just be honest about VBS, and I'm not mad at it, but since I worked at a church for seven years before I came here, VBS is, um, is the same kids going from church to church, and um, the majority of the time it's a babysitter's club, and um, for us to reach our vision is what we have to filter every single thing through that we do, and we just don't think that VBS is for us. So we will probably, and I'm going to say probably because we may change someday, never do that. So that's why. I hope I didn't make you mad, but I love you if I did. All right. Another question. What's your views on demons and what's the best way to fight them? On what now? On demons. Whew. My views on demons is they're real. Do you want to answer this one? I can. Because I, can... I can fill in. Okay. This is a good one. Uh, I mean, the Bible says that we, um, you know, don't, fight, don't war against the, you know, principalities. We, we, war, we don't war against we... flesh and blood. We war against the principalities, and that's darkness. I mean, we have, if you, we could see the spiritual realm, if we were able to see, you know, take a, take a blinders off our eyes, if we were able to see the spiritual realm, we would not believe it. I think that demons war against our souls every day. And um, I firmly believe that we have angels. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've never seen them. Mark has. Um, his parents have. I know in different situations, I've heard of people that have seen them, but I definitely believe that, that they are real and, um, and they war against us and they're not happy when we do things of the Lord and we have to fight. So the answer to the question of how do we fight against them is um, be careful because um, just throwing out cliched lines like um, the devil stinks and I don't care about him and I'm bigger than him, um, you're not. And um, so we have to be very weary. I'm just going to answer the question in a question is you have to be careful not to open yourself up to demonic presence too. Um, like Ouija boards, for example, people think they're fun. I hate them because I, is it real? Maybe. But what I do know is that it opens up, um, it opens up Pandora's box to, to get yourself into trouble. And so here's how you fight against demons is don't allow yourself to be put in a situation where demonic influence is around. And that's my best answer to that is, for instance, um, it's simple stuff like this. And I've been guilty of it many times, but like telling ghost stories, it's fun around a campfire. But like when you really like stop on, what, what was, um, stop on the road, put your car in neutral, flash your lights 10 times, back up, do all this. Like I'm convinced that demons can take the form of a ghost because they're demons. And that means they're angels that have fallen. And so they can they're beautiful and they can take the form. 
The way that we fight against them is let the Lord have control of our life and don't put yourself in those situations because I'm telling you, it's real. Like, I like scary movies, but I think the ones about demons aren't cool. So, and I'm not scared of, well, I am pretty scared of them because it's, it's the real deal. Because um, I think it's real. Like, The Exorcist, that's real. Just want y'all to know. That movie's not necessarily real, but that stuff's real. And it's not something to be played with. And so, understanding that it's not something to toy with and also understand, like, I could get really, I'm just going to stop because I want to answer a couple more questions before we close, but. That really scared me. (laughs) All right, the next question is, how much does. I told y'all I didn't want to sit. How much does four points give to missions? That's a good question. Um, The short answer is, because of our vision, everything that we do is missions. We believe everything that we give is to missions. And so whenever we're going out in the community or whenever we're doing stuff, whenever we're here, our mission is to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel. And so we believe every dime. To be more specific, uh, just last week, because of your generosity, we gave $500 to the North American Mission Board. Every penny of that goes to Oklahoma. Every single cent that we gave goes to Oklahoma. Each month, we, we help the um, Mitch Marsh Ministries that we go to Nicaragua with. We help them with a small gift. We help Launch Network, who plants churches. We help other mission organizations. We, we give back to the North American Mission Board because of their church planning efforts. So we give a bunch of our money. We give more than 10%, or right around what we would call a tithe, or we try to stay around that to what we call missions. But the truth of the matter is, that's what we purposefully give back, but every dime that you spend is a mission dollar because we believe that it's going to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel. Uh, Why Nicaragua? Um, Because, you can wave, Melanie, because my sister, however many years ago, worked at Chosen Children Ministries, and I said, hey, Nicaragua would be cool to take a bunch of students, and so we went to Nicaragua, and then when we went there, we fell in love. By the way, it is now the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and in the barrios where we work, the average person lives on less than a dollar a day. And so um, the reason that we choose to partner with Nicaragua and love on the people is because um, they're just such sweet, kind people that love Jesus, the people that we've met and gotten to know, and they have nothing. They live in places that we would not put our dogs or cats or any animal that we have in our house. There's no air conditioning. There's no running water, and they're so at peace. And can I tell y'all what Jesus is doing in my life? And I do want to answer one more question, and I know it's already 11 o'clock, but y'all just stay with me. The Lord's teaching me more than anything else right now that when I go on a mission trip or when we do stuff like Come Closer where we're going to take up these food bags, it's not because I get to do something good. It's because they're just like me, and we're equals, and they just got a different hand that they got dealt in life. But like, I told the staff this this week, and I don't even know if this is going to make sense, but like Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done for me in Matthew 25. And um, like I keep thinking about throughout history, and apologies to our friends in here that aren't white, but this is kind of a slam on us. Um, We've kind of thought we were better than everybody else. And so this is what we do is like, you're welcome. I'm going to go on a mission trip, and I'm better than you. So I get to bless you. Like the thing that the Lord's really been working on me, and I'm not even sure why, but like he's been really, really crushing my soul the last couple weeks in my time with him, is the thought that, listen, you're not better than anybody. You're not better than anybody. It might be part of my study on God and his lordship and how much greater he is than me and how every human being was made equally in God's image like Genesis 1.27 says. So the reason we choose Nicaragua is because they're our equals. And they're hurting really bad and we got an opportunity to help our people that are equal to us, but they're not less than us and they're not lower than us. And neither is anybody in the mill village that is barely getting by or in the trailer park that is barely getting by or in the worst apartment complexes, or in a 4,000-square-foot house, it doesn't matter. 
We are all equals in the sight of God. There is no one that he's a respecter of. And when we get to the point in our Christian life where we love people just because they're people, and we get to bless them, but in turn they bless us back, and we look at every person the same, regardless of their race, and this is easier for me because my best friend at Burns High School was trying. And so I didn't have a lot of racism in my life. But what about for you guys? Um, it's just what's on my heart, so I wanted to share it. Is This church will never be everything that it can be until every person we look at, we don't think I get to help them because I'm better than them. And I'm guilty of that. Um, I think when I went to Nicaragua for the first time, I thought, bless their hearts. And in turn, I should have said, bless my heart, because they love Jesus so much more than I did. And it's just really where the Lord's punching me in the mouth right now. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it does to me. So if it doesn't to you, then that's awesome. So We've got two more, if you've got time. We'll go quick. Uh, first one is, how do you know when God speaks to you? Personally, um, I think it's a matter of, are you in the Word? Um, because that's how He speaks to you. Um, even though I wish that He would speak audibly to me when I pray. Um, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? And sometimes I believe that He can. I'm not saying that He couldn't. I mean, He's God. He can do whatever. And the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is still the God of today. He can do whatever He wants to. Um, I think we allow ourselves to put him in a box um, and, and think that he can't do that. Um, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks through us. The Holy Spirit's actually even better than when he was here because he is in everyone that accepts him. And so I feel like when, when I hear from the Lord, it's through reading. Um, and when I'm fervent in my prayer and asking him for something, and I've asked him probably for five years, uh, if I'm still getting the same answer, I need to dig deeper. I need to, I need to find out, you know, what does he say about this? And then in turn, he speaks to me through his word. It doesn't need to be through something, okay, I'm going to check this off my list for today and read his word and then I'm done. But it needs to be something where I'm, I'm, I'm still and I'm listening to him. And I take that time to reflect on what is he trying to tell me. Um, I think a lot of times we want to say, Lord, just speak to me. Please just speak to me. And he can and he can right there, and it's sitting right beside of you, and we just never pick it up because we're so busy. We want to answer, like, right now. We want a microwave answer. We want to put it in 30 seconds in the Word, and we want to answer when we get it out. That's what we want, and it, it doesn't happen that way. And I'm so guilty of that, um, you know, because I want to fix it myself. I'm, I want to I answer right now, but it's, it's through his Word. Um, you got to read it in order for him to talk to you. This is a great plug for Roots. Please come the next uh, eight or nine weeks when we do this series because we're going to talk more about the Bible and God and how we talk to Him uh, specifically and then how we know we hear from Him. The Bible has been called like a road map and all this stuff. It is not specific. So if you expect to hear, should I take this job, and you read the Bible, it's not specific. It's not like you're going to hear, yes, you should, my son. I mean, that's not how God works. But I do think He gives you a peace. And you can only know that peace by knowing his voice. And that's just by being intimate with him and walking with him. And we do find truths through reading God's word, but it is not the answer. So, like, we didn't build our house because we read the Bible. We built our house because we felt a peace about we should do this. And if, if you're looking for exact answers in reading the word, you're going to read cover to cover and be really frustrated. Last one, Beatus? Yes, and don't forget to mention that we have the sheets here, the goal sheets. Yes. to pick up. So since you mentioned that we have the goal yes. sheets to pick up, I'll mention it again. On your way out, pick up the goal sheets so you can act crazy with your wife or your husband and write down your goals and people think you're crazy because you want a church at 10,000. the last question is, I've been coming a few weeks, and is there Sunday school or small groups that I can be a part of? Yes, but just not Sunday school. The reason, there's a couple reasons we don't do Sunday school, um, and we're not mad at Sunday school, but one is space. Because in order to have Sunday school, you have to have enough rooms for every person. And we want to spend our resources on the rooms for our children. So when we add, for instance, if we got the room next door, we would not start Sunday school because that would be our incredible kids area. The other reason, this is just personal, that we don't do Sunday school, is um, 
I just really feel like people open up more when they're not on a Sunday morning going through the motions. So like when, they're going, when, when you're going through really difficult life stuff and you're with your small group, you don't have to put on a mask and say, bless the Lord, brother, it's been a great week. God's awesome. But you can say, look, I lost my job this week. And it, and it sucks. Or this happened and it's terrible. Or I don't even hear from so-and-so and it's rough. That, to me, is the biggest difference in Connect Four groups and why we do them. Now, we just ended our um, spring semester, and so we're going to kind of follow our, the, um, the school year, and so in the fall we'll have a big kickoff. Here's what we want, and this is why we want y'all to be involved. We're going to really push this summer to find leaders that want to lead Connect Four groups. We had a couple of them going really good this year. We had a um, cookout at our house with our Connect Four group on um, Wednesday night, and um, Keith's group met every Wednesday, and it was really good, and then we got a guys group that, that gets together. And, but other than that, it wasn't a whole lot um, going on. We want all of y'all to be able to do that because when, when you're hurting, it's cool to have people you're doing life with that aren't just your friends, that you can throw your spiritual needs on each other. And if someone's in the hospital, they can help you because they're your people you're loving on. And so that's why we do them. And we, we strongly believe that discipleship happens, first of all, personally, in your time with the Lord, and then together with your life group. Because an hour from me on Sunday isn't going to grow you very much. But when you're spending time together in iron sharpening iron, that's where we really think it's going to happen. So we would love for all of y'all to be involved in that. And we will have information for you throughout the summer of what that's going to look like. It'll probably start the end of September is what we're thinking, and it'll go through Christmas and then um, January to May type thing. So that's how we'll do that. All right, um, we are going to close. Is the band coming back up? No. Okay. Uh, that's good. Thank you all for being patient. It's 10 after 11, so we went long. Um, there was a couple questions that I thought were going to get asked that weren't, that I'm not really that upset about, like, is it okay to drink? So y'all can just chew on that, and the next time we do one of these, <laughs> the next time we do one of these, I'll answer the question and offend at least half of you. And so that'll be good. You can guess what my answer is by me saying that. So um, I love y'all, and here's what I want y'all to do as we leave. First of all, get a goal sheet and get some invite cards. Because I'm telling you, um, I really think that you're going to like this series, Roots, because it's going to be very informational, but I'm not going to be overly deep um, to, like, bore you to death. But it is going to be something to teach you what we believe and why we believe it. And so I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, a, it's just on doctrine. And so um, I hope you all will come every single week when you're not on vacation. And here's my last plug. When you're on vacation and you're not in town, you cannot come to this church, and that's cool. If you're in town, I'm begging y'all to come. If you're not in town, I'm asking y'all to go to church somewhere. Go to church somewhere. Find a cool church. If you can watch online, that's cool if you got Wi-Fi, but go to church somewhere and bless another church with your offerings. Bless another church with yourself being there. Love on them. You're going to see things that you like more than what I do, and that's cool. You can come back and tell me, and I probably won't change. So that, it's all good. But I'm asking y'all to go to church, all right? We're going to travel during the summer just like y'all are. Go to church somewhere. I love y'all. Have an awesome week. Be the church.